Imagine waking up and feeling ready to face the day with a smile, having more energy for your work, family and social life, fitting into your jeans and feeling good about your body, knowing what to eat and enjoying your food without guilt or confusion, dealing with the stress of daily life in a way that doesn't fry your chips and best of all, feeling relaxed, optimistic and in control of your health. It's all possible. I will show you how. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, energized life with Straight Talking Natural Health, a no BS, tell it like it is wellness show brought to you by qualified naturopath and functional medicine practitioner, Jules Galloway. That's me. I first met today's guest on the dance floor at a naturopathic conference. Oh yeah, wild times. She was busting out some pretty slick moves, which I admired greatly, and we've been friends ever since. She's a qualified naturopath, but the reason that I've got her on the show today is that she's also a Buteco breathwork practitioner and workshop facilitator. Yep, today is all about breathing. Are you doing it right? How can you do it better? And the amazing health benefits that can happen when you harness that breath. So, Please welcome to Straight Talking Natural Health, the wonderful Carly Woods. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> this is a fantastic introduction. Oh my gosh, I was like doing all that I could not to laugh as you were saying it. Most people start laughing halfway through and then I tell them to shut up and then like I keep going with the intro. That's usually how it rolls. Oh, very good. You did very well. <laughs> I was very well behaved. <laughs> <laughs> Must be all the breathing, mate. Yeah, totally. I was holding my breath the whole way. No. <laughs> oh, we'll learn about that. We'll learn about that. All right. Ooh, all right. I'm intrigued. Okay. So let's uh, do a bit of groundwork first and tell me all about this whole Buteco thing. What is it? You know, why should we learn it? What's going on? So Buteco, well, often, first off, I say Buteco to a lot of people and they think that I say potato and they ask me <laughs> if I'm... Potato breathing. Are you a potato practitioner? And sometimes I've said, yes, I just stand around you with a bunch of potatoes and I just dance and they look at me with these blank expressions. And <laughs> oh, excuse me, I don't do white potato breathing because it's really bad for my blood sugar. I'm more of a sweet potato breathing person. Um, I can arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Bateko is basically um, a Russian breathing therapy that was developed back in the day by this dude, Konstantin Bateko, in Russia to help people recover from asthma, like get out of hospital and come off medication and, you know, recover from that. But it's now being taught, you probably know of Patrick McEwen. I'm going to say yes. Okie (laughs) doke. He's he's the Irish guy who does all the TED Talks. He does all the TED Talks. Yeah, on Bateko. So he was my trainer. And he goes around the world teaching people to be Bateko practitioners Um, because it's so applicable to so many other conditions other than asthma. And and I love it because, although I should tell you the way that I came to it, but the reason that I love it is because it works with your nervous system control. So it helps to switch you into your parasympathetic nervous system response um, within a matter of minutes, or it helps to switch you into the sympathetic nervous system response, which is also helpful under certain conditions. I don't do that so much, but... Um, you know, just before this podcast, I was bringing myself into a bit of sympathetic dominance by using one of the Bateko techniques to make myself a bit more energetic because I had an afternoon nap. <laughs> so, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, should, we, should we quickly cover off like parasympathetic versus sympathetic? And, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, and where, we, where most of us live most of the time? 
Yeah, you will know this acutely, but, and most people, okay, so most people live in their sympathetic nervous system dominance. They, they live in that stress response. They're running away from things. They're feeling overwhelmed by work. They're in anxiety. They're suffering from panic attacks and things like that. And, um, you know, your body rests and repairs best and also digests best in your parasympathetic nervous system response. So that's often what we're trying to get into with things like yoga and meditation and, you know, mindfulness techniques and things like that. But this is, this is fabulous to complement those things because it's just, it's such a way of like literally physically switching everything inside your body into a way that supports your parasympathetic response. And you can get biofeedback when you do the, um, the exercises that, that give you indications of, oh yeah, you're on track. You, you have, you know, more saliva happening in your mouth. You have warmer hands, you have warmer feet, you have flushing face because you've got increased circulation or, you know, your eyes are glazing over. So that's all. And we can go into more detail with that and what, um, you know, what exercises that sort of relates to. But I find it fabulous. The whole Bateco, I find everything about Bateco fabulous because I love things that are practical and implementable and give me instant results with um, how I'm feeling and, and give my patients instant results with it, with how they're feeling. Like in consultations, I recall one of the first ladies that I saw was all, um, she didn't have much um, circulation happening in one of her arms because of a particular reason. And by the end of the consult, her, her whole arm was warm and it hadn't been warm in so long because she oh, had wow. this circulation. It was amazing. But it's just like in such a short period of time, you can get such relief from like so many different conditions. And I can like roll off a few that I work with specifically if you'd like. Yes. Yeah. We can definitely get to that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Cool. All right. Um, first, though, um, you were sort of starting to delve into how you got into it. So, like, where where were you at when you tripped over this? Like, what was going on in your life and with your health? Well, okay. So it's a bit of a funny story, actually. I was um, I was working up near Byron Bay um, with Dr. Norella Jacoby. I was working for her at um, her clinic. And she had started doing podcasts of her own, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners know about, um, SIBO Doctor podcasts. And I had the fabulous role of, you know, being involved with those pro- uh, those podcasts and how they were put out and the tech behind them and things like that. And one of the ones that I was doing the tech for was um, one where Norella was interviewing Mim Beam. She's a naturopath in Sydney who is also a Bateco training facilitator. So she facilitates trainings with, Patrick when he comes over to Australia and anyway Narala rolls up to me one afternoon and she's all hey Carly you like breathing you should do this course <laughs> you like breathing <laughs> I know I turned around and I was like you're right Narala I do like breathing <laughs> I might do this thing so I had to listen to it and I found it what Mim was saying really intriguing particularly because of what she was talking about in relation to anxiety and panic control and so that had always been something that was very challenging for me for about 10 years worth of my life from, you know, high school onwards. And even though I studied naturopathy and made such significant changes in my life and my lifestyle and my diet and things like that, I still struggled with anxiety and panic on like so chronically. And then I, I studied Bateco and such, I had such phenomenal changes with that, that I just realized I'd been breathing incorrectly most of my life. Yeah. Why do we not know how to breathe correctly most of our life? I think 
either it can start like there's so many different reasons like if you're young and you have you know congestion problems or infections and things like that and you just start opening your mouth and then you you're not trained otherwise and then you just begin this habit of breathing through your mouth that could be one reason another reason that people breathe incorrectly could could just be because they're so unhealthy and diet contributes to um, acidifying the body and one of the quickest ways for your body to get rid of um, acidification like um, your body has a very narrow blood pH range and so the quickest way for you to get rid of acid in the blood is to exhale carbon dioxide and breathe largely and large breathing is like with your mouth so that could be another reason another reason is stress because so okay let's do this thing if you, as Jules, mm-hmm. are you afraid of snakes? Yes. Oh, uh, not pythons, the bitey ones, yes. Okay, imagine a bitey snake is <laughs> slithering over your toes at the moment. How yeah. would you breathe in response to that? Very shallowly, but I don't think I'd be breathing much at all. I would perhaps be running out the door Okay. <laughs> and screaming. Apparently... I did come face to face with a snake uh, a few years ago. My husband and I were on a, a walking track, walking down to the beach, and I heard a hissing noise right next to my ankle, and there it was, arced up, about oh, to strike my ankle. And uh, you know how you find out whether you are flight or fight? Yeah. Turns out I'm flight. I exactly. ran. My husband's like, I've never seen you run that fast. Ah. <laughs> I have a similar. I was doing it. Totally, I have a similar. I have a similar snake story actually. For now, when I was young, it was like I got out of the car, and all of a sudden, there's like um, an arching up black snake, and then all of a sudden, I was over the other side of the car, and I thought, "Am I magical? Did I fly over the other side of the car?" <laughs> I have no idea. So, um, so yeah, we probably don't know how we breathe when we're in that mode either, because it hmm. just kind of happens. So, I'll give you a demonstration of how a lot of people do breathe, if you like. Mm. I'll blaspheme for this like one time for. Oh, you can totally blaspheme your way through this whole podcast. It's all good. Fabulous. Okay, so when most people have a shock, they're usually like, (gasps) Did you catch that? Yes. Okay, so that's like a large um, mouth breathing in breath. It's shallow, comes to the chest. And how is that? Oh, what were we talking about before? How is um, breathing in relation to stress? Oh, right. So stress is a large contributor to um, incorrect breathing because a lot of the time we're in stress and so we sit there, not with like, you know, overt snake shock breathing. But <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. You say you're like sitting in front of a computer and something has just come through on your emails that you find slightly challenging and like you go into a bit of stress about it and then notice how you're breathing. And a lot of people are like mouth breathing or, you know, computers also don't give you that um that what is it those signals that you get from other living things to breathe properly Mm. that's another contributor but um you know there are so many things that contribute to bad breathing that i could rattle off sometimes i if i'm dealing with some of those so-called challenging emails or whatnot i catch myself not breathing that's interesting let's talk about that so um that actually just let's be really vulnerable in this podcast um for a second and for the whole way through so that's interesting that your body does that because i remember patrick in training saying if you're stressed hold your breath 
And so a lot of the times when people do feel stressed, they can find themselves holding the breath. And that's because, well, probably it's an automatic sort of thing that your body uses to regulate yourself. Because when you build up, when you hold your breath, you're building up carbon dioxide in your system. And this is where it gets really interesting with the takeover because a lot of the time people think, oh, carbon dioxide, I don't need much of that. I like to breathe it out. It's oxygen that I need. Is that, mm. is that kind of, yeah. Mm. That's what kind of what we're taught, yeah. Yeah. And actually carbon dioxide has all of these magical effects on your body, which include to um, downregulate your brain excitability as well as to relax your smooth muscles as well as to help switch you into a parasympathetic nervous system response as well as to actually oxygenate your body which I'll explain that because that sounds like what the hell are you talking about, Kylie? Um, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's this effect called the Bohr effect, and that's B-O-H-R if anyone wants to look it up. Um, and that explains how when you have incrementally higher levels of carbon dioxide uh, you know, circulating around in your blood, then you will have like permeation of oxygen from the blood out into the tissues more readily, so actually increasing your carbon dioxide in your body by small amounts helps to oxygenate your tissues and without that there, it tends not to permeate out as easily. Oh, wow. It's kind of the opposite of what you think is going on in there. Yeah, I know. And talking about the opposite of what you think, um, I also want to maybe, and I, this is, okay, I'll ask you, what do you think is the trigger to breathe? What do you mean the trigger to breathe? It's like, do you mean as in the brain is sending a message to the lungs to do the thing. Yes. What makes the brain do that? I've never thought of that. <laughs> a lot of people think that it's a lack of oxygen in your body because it's like, oh my God, I don't have enough oxygen. I need to breathe now. And that would make sense. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I believed before I did Botego. Um, but actually it's a buildup of carbon dioxide in your body. That is the stimulus to breathe. So you have these chemoreceptors in the respiratory center in your brain that, um, you know, gauge how much carbon dioxide is happening in my system. And just like anything else with a tolerance level, if you have a habitual way of breathing out um, carbon dioxide a lot through um, dysregulated breathing, like mouth breathing or wheezing or sighing or yawning and all of those um, forms of dysfunctional breathing, then your body is going to have a lower set point of allowing carbon dioxide to be in your body so it will need to breathe more re- more readily because it can't stand having larger amounts of carbon dioxide in your body. Do you know what I mean? Oh, my God. I yeah. know. Yeah. Amazing. I, I never even thought about it. Honestly, I just, yeah, it's almost yeah, no, like neither did I. It for granted for 43 years. Okay. Totally. This is the thing. So many people think about, you know, what do I eat and what do I drink and how that impacts my body? And that's wonderful. And I totally support that. But you can like go for days and weeks. I don't know. I don't know what the length of time are, but you can go for a long time without water and food. But literally you can't go for beyond minutes without breathing. And we hardly ever think of our breath. Yeah. yeah. So is this, this, this extra sort of, you know, too much breathing or too much oxygen or whatever, is this what, what Buteco people refer to as like uh, us hyperventilating? Hyperventilating, yeah, is an ex- exhaling too much carbon dioxide. So Buteco works essentially to retrain people's breathing habits to accept higher levels of carbon dioxide in the system over um, a period of time, like a really gradual period of time because otherwise you can, um, 
you can create something called a breath detox, which is kind of just similar to a, um, a regular detox in terms of symptoms, you know, like you can get headaches or colds and flu or diarrhea or insomnia and things like that if you go through a breath detox. But essentially that happens if you do the exercises so intensely every day because you get excited about it like I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine some people would do. Yeah. <laughs> and then because you're in this parasympathetic state so much more often, you're in this cleansing state so much more often, so things start to shift and move in your body. Mm-hmm. And so then you can go through what, um, what is termed a breath detox. Oh, wow. Well, you know, the lungs are one of the channels of elimination, right? It is true. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Breath detox. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Um, oh, goodness. Okay. Um, Can I – I'd love to share something with you and your listeners in terms of um, – we have this progress tool in Botego that you can use to see what your baseline respiratory health is and, and general health and then use it as a marker when you do the exercises ongoingly. You, like, test yourself once a week with this really easy progress tool to see your improvement. Would you All like right. to do it? Yes, please. Very good. So it's called the controlled pause and it's basically a measurement of how long you can comfortably hold your breath for. And so that makes sense because um, if you recall when we were just talking about the buildup of carbon dioxide in your system before being the trigger to breathe. So if you have a low controlled pause, it means you, you can't, um, you're not tolerant to a large amount of carbon dioxide in your body. And that indicates that there's like um, a length that you can go, like a large length that you can go with Botego to improving all of the symptoms that you have going on with, it, with whatever it is in your health picture. So does that make sense? Did I explain that? Yeah. Yep. So how do we measure whether we've got a long one or a short one? Great. So it's super easy and simple. Do you have a some sort of device there that uh, has a seconds hand on it? Because you're going to need to count seconds. All right. If I'm doing a controlled pause with no breathing, you're going to have to talk because otherwise it's going to be a really shit podcast, all right? Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. It's not going to go for very long. It's only a matter of seconds. amazing. It was like 20 seconds of silence. <laughs> totally. Um, people at home can do this too if they want to in this time because um, people at home, if you're driving, maybe don't, um, but everyone else, <laughs> yeah. still in. if you're on the train listening to this, you're still in. All right. <laughs> okay. So a few things before we do it, when you do the controlled pause, it's best to do it after you wake up in like first thing after waking up in the morning on like a morning when you're not rushing off to go and do something and you're already in a state of stress. Mm-hmm. So, um, we want to get a baseline after you've been the most like immobile and rested that you possibly can. So you and I have been sitting down for maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes now and mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. and actually talking is not relaxing. Talking is sympathetically activating because you're exhaling too much or not exhaling too much, but exhaling large amounts of carbon dioxide out through your mouth while oh. you talk. Plus, so. plus I'm hosting a podcast right now. Hello. Got to be on, on, on. <laughs> I know. So... <laughs> let's pretend that you've just woken up and let's just disregard what your reading is because it's probably not accurate good sleep yes i've just woken up okay lovely okay so what you're going to do is you're always going to have your mouth closed in botego everything is done with nose breathing Mm -hmm. we can talk about that afterwards if you like but so you breathe in through your nose and you breathe out through your nose. I'll tell you what it is and then you can do it. And then at the end of your out breath, you pinch and hold your nose. Your lungs are empty. And at that point when you stop breathing, when your lungs are empty and you hold your breath, you start counting the seconds on your timing device. And then when you feel to take a breath, it you like that could be, you know, your brain just goes, I need to take a breath now. Or you feel like a jerk in your diaphragm or a 
or a sensation in your throat in terms of physical symptoms, that, uh, physical signs or whatever, then you just, you breathe in at that point. So it's not a matter of willpower. This is not a willpower thing. Making sense? I was doing it while you were talking. Oh, great. <laughs> okay, so what's your CP then? I barely made it past 20 seconds. Oh, that's totally fine. That's actually really impressive for a first time. I'm thinking deep sea diving without a tank is not good for me right now. <laughs> I think it's, it's true. Free diving's off the list. Right. <laughs> free diving. Actually, that's interesting you say that because people who tend to have the highest CPs are free divers and athletes who do nose breathing when they do exercise. Yeah. Well, I think I got to about 22 seconds and then, and then you were expecting me to talk, but I was really needing to come up for air anyway. So. That's totally fine. I'm impressed with your 22 seconds. So when I started out, I think I was about 14. And oh, so wow. in terms of like levels have been intense, your CP sort of has a relationship with your symptoms in terms of if you're around 10 or below 10, then you probably have some sort of chronic condition going on or, um, you know, you have to you have to pay a lot of attention to your respiratory and baseline health. If you're, if people are generally around ten to twenty, I find when I when I measure them, and anything below twenty um, has a relationship with symptoms in terms of your symptoms of whatever it is that's going on with you will be present, and in light of triggers, they will be also present. They'll be worse. So once you get up over twenty, you generally have less symptoms, you generally have more energy, you generally have more clarity, like mental clarity. And then if you have a trigger, um, you know, if, you're if you encounter a trigger for your symptoms, then they do uh, rise up. And then over 40, I mean, sorry, over 30, you have, you know, less symptoms and also less symptoms if there's a trigger. And then the Viteco kingdom of excellent CP is 40. <laughs> oh, so, wow. All right. That's what people aim for is like a CP of 40, at a sustained over six months. And then after that, you're like air quotes, Bateco cured and you can go off and prance in your life and be joyous with nose breathing, nose breathing only. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right. So is this stuff hard to learn? Oh, my God, it's so not hard to learn. That's what I love about it. And also that's what I love about running workshops because it's like uh, if, if something's not easy, how are you going to integrate it into your life? Number one, we're all so busy anyway. And how are you going to do consistent habit change things with it? Also, if it's not fun or if it's not producing like outcomes for you straight away, where's your incentive to keep going with it? So that's what I love about. Yep. It's like, you know me already, mate. It's <laughs> <Babe>, awesome. <laughs> if it's not fun, that if I'm not seeing results, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, that just makes sense, right? Yeah. 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 That's all of us. All right. Uh, what about with kids? Can kids do it? Yeah, it's super awesome for kids. I haven't worked a lot with kids. That's kind of on my visioning list of, um, I actually really want to work with teenagers who are going through, um, it's called your OP in Queensland, which is where I come from originally, but it's called VCE down in Victoria, which is where I am now. Like that oh, big, you know, intense period. I think where we are, I don't know. Great. That one, I would that, love that to work. final hell year of school. Yeah. yeah. And if kids had like this amazing, easy tool that they could use and even use during exams, that no one even knew that they were doing it and it was working to balance their nervous system into a more parasympathetic state, like how much better would that be for their outcomes in terms of like coming out of school and not being a burnt out mess? Oh, it so, would be magical. It really yeah. would. That would help so many people. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. But it's amazing so, for kids of all ages. So. so in order to get good at this, like how, how much effort, like I know you said it's easy, but how, how many hours a week, say, would you have to put into this to see improvement? Yeah, to get, to get like quick, good improvement, it's an hour a day. But that is, I like to, it's like, you know how people talk about incidental exercise and you're like, ride your bike to work and you don't even know that you rode your bike, you just got there and all of a sudden you've exercised. Um, it's like doing that sort of thing um, or integrating really easy exercises to begin with in small portions throughout the day that then change people's breathing habits so it more becomes like a breathing lifestyle and not something that they have to concentrate on. But in terms of like a targeted approach to begin with, it's an hour a day, like three exercises a day, one in the morning, one a midday, one at night. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, in Russia, it's like three to four hours a day that they do. So that's super intense. And, you know, if you're an intense person like me, yeah, hello. awesome. Hello, Taipei's. I see. <laughs> <laughs> totally. About be warned, if you do go really intensely with it, then that's when the, the breath detox can come on. So we try and have a, a CP increase of about two to three seconds per week max um, and try not to go above that. And then you can kind of get around without having a breath detox and just incrementally improving your energy, getting rid of your symptoms and, you know, having better sleep and all that jazz. Awesome. All right. Um, yeah, actually tell me about the sleep stuff because I noticed that uh, some people are saying that this is really good for things like snoring and, and sleep apnea, et cetera. Mm. Yeah, so it is great for those things like obstructive sleep apnea, like long periods where you go without breathing followed by periods of really dysfunctional labored breathing um, can really like whatever you do in the daytime carries into your nighttime uh, in terms of habits. And, and, and it's the same with breathing habits and whatever you do at nighttime can carry into the daytime. So with sleeping issues, what we try and do is really retrain the, the breathing patterns of that person during the daytime to be more soft and gentle and less labored and always be nose breathing um, and then do very um, intense but not so intense exercises before they go to sleep, which are really relaxing actually once you learn them, so that it then carries them into a state of really soft, gentle breathing uh, during the night, you know, get people to lie on their side if they've got obstructive sleep apnea so their tongue doesn't fall down their throat. And, um, you know, there are, as you progress, especially I wouldn't recommend doing this by yourself, but with a practitioner especially it's fine to do it when you talk to them about it. but mouth taping is something that, that Bateco advocates and that's not like grab some duct tape out of the sink and you know <laughs> out of under the sink and just tape your mouth up just tape your whole face up don't do that it's um there's what is it called medical micropore tape paper tape which is this tiny little tape strip that you can put over your mouth and stop yourself literally physically from mouth breathing during the night um but, you know, if you really want to open your mouth during the night, it's very easy just to pop that thing off. And as people work into that, they can find that they are, you know, subconsciously pulling it off at the beginning or it just is coming off as they're waking up during the night. Or, But after a period of time, a lot of people get kind of um, addicted. Not, I mean, not addicted, but like, like a, what would you call that thing? Like a water bottle or a lip gloss or a blankie. Oh, like, like it's comforting. Yeah, comforting to put this yeah, thing. It sounds mouth. scary at first. 
it is scary. I did it. <laughs> did you, did you, did I see, was it you on Instagram or was it someone else that was doing like lighthouse walks in Byron Bay with their mouth taped? Oh, <laughs> okay. So I wasn't lighthouse walking with my mouth taped, but I was living in South Golden at one point and I was doing little videos of myself like running on the beach with my mouth taped. Ah, that's what it was. Right. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> so it's fabulous. It's really great. I mean, it's not scary because really you're not going to suffocate with a little piece of paper tape on your mouth. But um, for anyone who's had breath trauma or who any, if anyone has anxiety or panic, um, then it's something that you work up to really gradually using it in the daytime. Like I was doing when I was going for a run with my mouth taped, but that's not something I would advise people do straight away. You, you kind of work up to the more intense things after you've got your parasympathetic ones down, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And that's, yeah. I guess that's why you work with a practitioner as well, because they'll let you know when you're ready to do this stuff and not, not too early. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, going through the list of other things that Taker could be good for, um, yes. talk to me about things like hay fever and allergies. I guess some of that feeds into the asthma a bit, but there's like, the, okay, my big question around all the hay fevery, allergy, sinusy stuff is how the hell are we supposed to practice nose breathing if our noses are like super blocked? I know. It sounds so annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, so interestingly, even if your nose is blocked, usually you can actually breathe through it. So you can, I mean, let's talk about how Bottega is helpful for that sort of thing to begin with. I also just remembered before realized, I really, I, I would love to give a little hint to anyone on the sleep topic who, who suffers from insomnia and wakes up during the night or can't get to sleep in the beginning of the night. Um, if you just put your finger over one nostril and close your mouth and breathe through one nostril and, you know, do a little meditation at the same time to keep your mind occupied, but that will often help you get into a state of rest really quickly because of the carbon dioxide buildup in your system helping to switch you into your parasympathetic nervous system response. Nice, nice. So all my 3 a.m. wake-up people, that's for you. <laughs> totally, yep. And I can say that um, I've had a lot of people come back to me and being like, oh, my God, that is so incredibly helpful. And you can even do it super easily in the middle of the night when you wake up if you've got a partner and, um, you know, you can just roll over and squash your nostril onto their shoulder and just fall asleep <laughs> in a bit of a, a bit of a cuddle. <laughs> cool, um, all right. But yeah, respiratory stuff. Yes. So you have this magical gas in, produced in your nasal cavity called nitric oxide. And it has um, all of these magical qualities, some of which include being anti-inflammatory and being bronchodilating um, and helping also to switch you into your parasympathetic nervous system response. So you have this, this gas produced in your nasal cavity. And if you're not nose breathing, you're not taking it down into your lungs, which it would make sense to have something that's anti-inflammatory and um, bronchodilating to be taken down into your lungs or into your airways to help deal with any of that um, congestion if you've got allergies and things like that going on. And in terms of like stopping all of that from, or how can you stop all that from kind of occurring in the first place is to switch from mouth breathing to nose breathing all of the time, just for some of the reasons of like your nose filters what comes in and out into your body. And it also warms it and moistens it which is really good and not irritating down through into your lungs whereas mouth breathing has no filtering and no warming and um, no moistening so you have all this cold harsh um, potentially allergy stuff containing air that you're sucking down into your body 
And no and filter. And no filter. I'm wondering why. Hashtag no filter. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, like, first step is just use the right bits of your face to breathe. <laughs> um, <laughs> the tagline on your website, use the right bits of your face. <laughs> yeah. It totally should be. I, um, I remember Patrick also said um, back in the day, he was like, if your, no, if your mouth was made for, no, your mouth is made for eating and your nose is made for breathing. And if your mouth was made for breathing, then your nose must be made for eating. And so that kind of <laughs> puts it in perspective. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's not happening. All right. Um, so, um, so then if you've got all this unfiltered air going into your lungs, then I would assume that that would shock the lungs as well into sort of poor breathing rhythms. Yeah, poor breathing rhythms, like what, whatever, is it, whatever it is that you're sensitive to, if you've got no filter for it going straight down in, um, that's going to cause issues. And also if you've got cold, harsh air going in and you've got any sort of asthmatic things going on, that's just like a recipe for an asthma attack, mm. which, um, which you're trying to avoid. So just starting with nose breathing in the first instance is going to like take you so many long ways towards helping your body to function more smoothly than mouth breathing facilitates. It doesn't facilitate any sort of smoothness in your body. Um, I would say the only time to mouth breathe is if you've done Bateco and have like good breathing rhythms and then you do a really highly exerting activity and you need to open your mouth to be able to breathe at that level of intensity that you're doing. But then again, like a lot of the time when I say, you know, carry nose breathing over into every aspect of your life, including exercise, and gauge your ability to exercise based on your ability to nose breathe. So if you don't, um, if you don't think that you can nose breathe at that level of intensity, kick back the intensity. And that's going to help with, um, I know we're getting off track here. I do tend to go on little tangents. Is that okay? No, I'm good with tangents. They're okay. a happy place. <laughs> Well, if you, if you nose breathe while you're exercising, that's going to help you with your performance anyway and increase your fitness really quickly. Because if you recall from before when we were talking about carbon dioxide and how it has a role in helping to um, oxygenate your tissues more efficiently, and then oxygen, um, oxygen in your cells often delays build up of lactic acid. Ah, so then muscles don't get so sore and worn out. Okay. That's right. And I, yeah, if you look up, like, I don't, I'm sure you could just Google and find it, but I saw this picture once of um, an athlete, like an Olympic athlete who was doing a sprint with nose breathing only and there was, and she was winning and there was a woman behind her who wasn't winning, who was mouth breathing and also an Olympic athlete, but all of this tension all through her upper chest and all through her neck and all through her shoulders, because that's the other thing with nose breathing, you, you activate your diaphragm, but without nose breathing you can use all these different accessory muscles which is why you tend to get a lot of um stiff shoulders and neck or tmj problems and things like that if you're not breathing correctly that can be there's a relationship there as well so yeah so even when you're doing sports and exercise etc and you're breathing in through the nose do you breathe out through the nose as well yeah totally yeah Yeah. Yeah. so it's quite different to what we get taught in things like yoga pilates etc yeah yeah, it is. And I'm not a yoga instructor and I know there's reasons behind why people breathe in through their nose and then make like large breaths out through their mouth and like different different reasons why that's cleansing. I don't know what they are because I'm not a yoga teacher. And I'd say that's okay in like isolated sort of 
ways for doing that, but not all the time. Mm. Yeah. 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 I think sometimes people carry that back into the, into the everyday world and just think that that's the best way to breathe all the time. Yeah, totally. And also in, um, yeah, in yoga, you know how people do the om at the beginning. Mm. And so there's a Bateko relationship as to why that's so uh, relaxing and helpful in yoga is because actually when you hum, you're like increasing your nitric oxide production in your nasal cavity by like 400 times ish. Don't quote me on the number percent (laughs) or 400, sorry, not 400%, 400 times what it would normally produce. And then you're breathing that in because when we on, we don't breathe in through our mouths usually to take the next breath in. So you're like, um, and then you breathe in through your nose and you're taking all of that beautiful nitric oxide down through your body and helping your body to kick into a parasympathetic response and open your airways um, and have that nice anti-inflammatory sort of um, situation going on. But you're also really stabilizing your breath volume and incrementally building up small amounts of carbon dioxide in your body at the same time so it's having it's like the potato is kind of a nice reason for your brain to understand why a lot of um yoga breathing or sounds work you know yeah right that's really cool um i love that there's science behind so much of this as well that's that's just it makes it so much easier for people to kind of get a hold of in their head totally oh my gosh if you want more science if anyone wants more science then go to patrick's website he like is all over that yeah, tons of clinical studies and all sorts of things to to read up on and get really savvy with it. Awesome. All right, now we've spent a lot of time talking about like um, dropping from sort of sympathetic into parasympathetic because, like, let's face it, that's what most of us need, especially like busy women. Mm. Uh, but you also did mention earlier uh, you can also use breathing to turn on the sympathetic response when you need it. So. Yeah. When would you need to do that and, and how do you do that? That is a fantastic question. I love that question ah, because that actually feeds into a, a vision of mine of something that I'm going to do in the future, which I have no organization around currently, but, you know, look out sometime down the track. Um, you can use a sequence of Bateko exercises for public speaking. So that ones that take you down into like a parasympathetic response for like half an hour and then 15 minutes worth of a sympathetic response kind of one so that your body is relaxed and you know you you don't have a lot of the digestive side swiping that happens in nervousness and then um and then you bring yourself up into a state of alertness like mental alertness with a sympathetically activating one and i also find that you know if somebody uh likes to get that perk from coffee or something like this this is like you can use potato exercises as a breathing kind of coffee that doesn't have any detriments, <laughs> other detriments, you know? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so anytime you need to increase mental alertness or energy or like verve in yourself, if you feel like you need sympathetic verve, then it's a good time to do it. Awesome. All right. That, that sounds amazing. Well, I'll do a little bit of public speaking, so I'm happy to be your guinea pig. Totally. Excellent. <laughs> cool. All righty. Um, are there any other health conditions that I've missed that we need to talk about? Like what sorts of people do you like working with? Oh, there is one that I really love to work with as well. We haven't talked about, but I love specifically working with people who have anxiety and panic and stress and overwhelm. And that's because, you know, we tend to choose these things 
that we work with people with because of our knowledge in that area, but also our experience because then you can resonate well with them. And also oftentimes we exhaust all these different pathways of trying to find out how the hell to like fix a thing when we have it going on for ourselves. So I, yeah, totally. I totally love working with people with stress and anxiety, panic and overwhelm. That's my bag. But, um, awesome. I also like to work with people who have uh, digestive issues and sleep issues and any respiratory issues because it's so easy to get symptomatic relief with simple Boteco exercises. So that's what I love. But digestion is the one we didn't talk about yet. Yep. Uh, yeah. Tell Would you that. like to know some things? Go on. <laughs> we, can't, we can't just leave that one hanging out there. Let's tidy it up. Some okay, digestion. So as the name suggests, parasympathetic nervous, well, that's not, it doesn't suggest, but the parasympathetic nervous system is known by the little phrase of rest, digest and repair. And so as that suggests, it's useful for digesting. So if we are in a parasympathetic state when we, um, before we eat food, then it's going to be much more conducive to us digesting that food and assimilating nutrients, um, you know, rather than being in a stress state where that stuff's just going to be like a bit, um, envisioning like clogs jam and clogs, <laughs> cogs jamming up in my head. That sort of mental image. So it's really important to get yourself into that parasympathetic state before you eat. And I love the takeover for to do before meals because it's it only takes a matter of minutes, and then you're you kind of in that state. You have biofeedback in your body, like saliva in your mouth, showing you, yes, now I am ready to take that food in. Um, and I often do this fun thing in workshops with people where I get them to um, get into a little group of three and then they put their heads together, like um, touching their temples with each other and like looking to the floor so they're not breathing in each other's faces. And then they do like a yoga om, but instead of saying om, they say yum. (laughs) Because gratitude also increases your parasympathetic response. So (laughs) that's a really good thing to do. And then you breathe in through your nose and then you yum again with your people. And the reason I get them to put their heads together is because, I don't know, you should try this, um, is when you put your head together with someone and you make that sound, it's like you have this sound bubble that erupts over your head, like kind of like an astronaut or an under-the-sea person that has this big bubble of sound and in whatever way you move, it kind of like alters that and it's just it's very pleasing. If, if you try it, you'll kind of understand. I need to, I'm off to go and find two friends now who are not going to think I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, look, it's, it's so true, though. It's so true that, that any culture where people stop and rest before they eat, you, you know that they digest the food better and they can eat uh, larger amounts or, you know, stodgy food without uh, having it give them heartburn and problems and you know even that whole french paradox of why can the french eat such amazing beautiful food and not get heart disease and cholesterol i think a lot of that is wrapped up in in slow eating not just slow cooking and i know um there's there's some people on the wellness couch network that i'm on so like marcus pierce he's been over and done uh, retreats over in Icaria in Greece and he came back and he's because they're a blue zone he's like why are these people living longer so he went over there and he's like they're still eating all all the foods that they eat in other areas of the world like the, you, it's not like they've got a really specific diet that's like 
really, really different and that's why they're a blue zone and people are living longer. But he said it was slow eating, like people mm. are sitting, they're chatting, they're, they're relaxing and mm. then then they digest the food. So, I, I, you know, in this day and age we can't always sit around because he was like, oh, yeah, they're sitting around every night and they're eating all the way through 9 p.m., 10 p.m., 11 p.m. and they're dancing and there's music and I'm like, that's great, but like it's Wednesday night here, and I got shit to do. Um, so <laughs> maybe uh, you know, bringing in some breathing exercises before meals is something that the average mum with two kids and a you know trying to get the kids off to bed and trying to get dinner on the table like that—that's still achievable. Totally, and the kids would probably love doing the yumming tryout with their heads all put together. It's like it's such a nice connective thing at the same time as being a bit fun and weird. Yeah, yeah, we like yep. fun and weird. Yeah, yeah I'm, I really, I, I love looking into why different cultures, you know, have got better digestion and, and better assimilation nutrients. And I think so much of it comes down to being in this rest and digest mode that you mentioned. Mm. It's so, so, so important, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, pretty much uh, with the patients that I see a lot of the time, it's just doing the parasympathetically activating ones because... Honestly, that's what people kind of need now. And very rarely do I do the sympathetically activating ones with people because they're really just not up to that level yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. You've got to meet, meet people where, where they're at with what they need. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you, but I'm thinking about how many of my adrenal fatigue type clients mm-hmm. come to me with just shit house stomach acid, just like mm. low stomach acid, low enzymes, poor digestion, yeah. heartburn. It's like one of the questions on my, you know, on my intake um, mm. form, you know, the first appointment you get asked, uh, yeah. when you eat a large meal, does it sit there like a brick or does it digest easily? And yeah. so many of them just say, oh, it just sits there like a brick. So yeah. I think this is, this is chronic level problem. Yeah. We have to start from the beginning. There are no teeth in your stomach. You must start <laughs> from your breath and then I move to your mouth. Oh, there was a time that I had that loose tooth. No. Um, yeah, and it fell down and then I ate food in my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, it's, it's, there's so many applications for, for uh, breathing, I think, and this type yeah. of breathing to just get people back into their bodies and, and getting their bodies to do what they're designed to do. Yeah, and that's the thing as well. It's like it's all this it, – Boteco works – for you for all this physical stuff but it's also kind of transcends into the levels of like emotional as well as spiritual and so um it feels like it's just this thing that we can focus on that improves or um takes us into all these different realms of our whole person which mm. is very handy because oftentimes we just operate as little fragments of ourselves when we're in different environments and we find it kind of hard to reintegrate a lot of the time so mm. i love it for that as well mm. love it love it love it Okay. Awesome. Um, Can you, okay. So you've got some workshops coming up. I know that you've got, uh, like, tell tell us where we can find you and what you do, because it's probably better if you tell me. (laughs) I know you're on your page Uh, for Breath Reset, but yeah, tell us where can people find you and, and what have you got coming up? 
Sure thing. Thank you. Thank you. Also, by the way, great talk. And also so much more I wanted to share with you. I'm like, oh, but I got to tell you this. I got to share this with you, but no time. Oh my God. We'll do a part two one day. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Um, so where can people find me? They can find me, as you mentioned, at breathreset.com. So as it sounds, R-E-S-E-T, breath, B-R-E-A-T-H, R-E-S-E-T.com. Um, and we've got a couple of workshops coming up in December they're going to be, they're centered on like deep rest and then clarity and then finding direction. So we're blending Botego with transformational style processes that were similar to the ones we're using on a retreat that's coming up in a couple of weeks. So my partner and I are running a retreat in Bali in a couple of weeks for some participants. So it's going to be some processes from there as well as Botego related ones for deep rest. And they will be at in Melbourne at... Uh, Fertile Ground Health Group on the 1st, December the 1st, and also um, in your lovely clinic up in Varane on December 8th, uh, which is a Sunday as well. So we're really excited about those. And I would love to see people there because, you know, deep rest, clarity and direction, what best, what better way to kind of get yourself prepared for, you know, going full on into a 2020 and getting everything out of your life that you're kind of wanting at that point. Awesome. All right, Melbourne, Byron Bay people, we're coming at you. Uh, But, yeah, I'll pop links to your website and to everything up in the show notes for this as well. Oh, fab. Oh, I just had this also a thought. I created this cool quiz, which people might find a bit fun and also informative, which is how we love to blend things, Mm. and it's entitled, Are You a Dirty Mouth Breather? (laughs) (laughs) So people can find out and it's got a lot of pictures that help them move along. So it's not like some bland um, words only type thing and it's quite brief. So people may enjoy that um, at the link that I will give you for that too. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Carly, thank you so, so very much for coming on the show today. That was uh, really, really fun. But yes, informative as well. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Jules. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Straight Talking Natural Health. If you liked what you heard, hit subscribe. That way you'll never miss an instalment. If you're a fan, please take a moment to leave me a review on iTunes. It helps other listeners to find this podcast too. Also, check out my website at julesgalloway.com. You'll find all the podcast episodes there along with loads of blog posts and resources to help you on the path back to finding your happy, energized self again. There's also a free quiz to help you assess your risk of burnout and adrenal dysfunction. So if you've been burning the candle at both ends or maybe you've been super busy or stressed recently, take the quiz now to see where your body is at. That's at julesgalloway.com. And let's connect. Follow my adventures on Facebook and Instagram at Jules Galloway Health. Till next time, remember, look after your awesome self because it gives others permission to do the same. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.